This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. As Toronto continues to expand its bike lane network, frustrated motorists can only sit in traffic and watch it back up. The latest thoroughfare to see bike lanes is Woodbine Avenue in the east end of Toronto, and hundreds of area residents have signed a petition to get rid of the bike lanes, which they say are causing traffic nightmares and making their neighborhoods unsafe as drivers opt to use side streets. Commercial vehicles have huge trouble making turns. So uh, is this a, a temporary kind of inconvenience as the bike lanes are being constructed or uh, are they really making things unsafe as opposed to making them safe. And uh, what do you think in general about bike lanes? Would you want them in your neighborhood? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we have Councillor Janet Davis, who is the city councillor for the area, and Albert Cole, who is an environmental lawyer and a bicycle advocate. Thanks so much for joining us, both of you. Hi, hi, Libby. Hi. Uh, hi Libby, I did just want to say I represent uh, Ward 31, which is the north part of Beaches East York, and that's the north north of the Danforth. Okay. Um, so, uh, Councillor Davis, yes. um, what do you say to those area residents who are upset with this? Well, I, I want to say probably a few things. Uh, one of them is that we do have uh, a network plan for cycling infrastructure for the city that is um, committed to building connections both north, south, and east, west across the city to allow cyclists to safely um, use our streets um, and to get to work and to recreational activities and school. It also is to ensure the safety of the people on our streets who also um, use other modes of transportation, like cars or pedestrians. So number one is safety and access and safety. Uh, number two is that um, we there was a thorough assessment done of the uh, traffic capacity, um, the uh, configuration of the lanes, parking, uh, turn restrictions and so on when the lanes were designed. And um, while there are some impacts on traffic flow, overall the lanes are functioning uh, and functioning pretty well. Um, there will be adjustments because the, the way the lanes are designed, it's like uh, a couple of the lanes downtown. Um, the uh, parking is, um, or the, the bike lanes are against the curb. And the parking is um, in the roadway next to the moving traffic. So it's a bit confusing, um, but it provides the greatest buffer and the most safety for, uh, for uh, cyclists. The, yeah. So people will get used to it. 
Um, we're also evaluating the flow of traffic, and uh, we're looking at uh, changes that can be made to accommodate problems, like some of the lines aren't quite aligned with driveways. Um, we're going to make uh, some changes around parking, uh, some of the sequencing of the lights uh, to extend or shorten uh, light um, sequencing. Uh, but also, we have got left-turn lanes. Uh, for instance, in my section at the top of O'Connor, exactly the same number of turn lanes at the top of O'Connor as were there before. So uh, it, uh, I have been on it during uh, peak periods since it opened, and I think overall it's functioning pretty well. And people will adjust to it, and people will change their driving patterns, but what will happen is more and more people will use it for cycling okay. and for walking. There well, are lots of residents in the neighborhood who've told me, and I went door to door, uh, who they felt unsafe on, on, on Woodbine walking with their kids. And now they feel much safer and are using that arterial road as a regular place to walk. Um, Albert, hello, welcome. Um, you. you know, uh, again, um, these issues of uh, people changing their routes, and uh, I don't drive on, on Woodbine, but in, with that particular design of the bike lanes and uh, the parking, uh, you know, it's probably, there aren't lights everywhere, and I find those unsafe because you have to be in the intersection before you can see if you can get through the intersection safely and invariably uh, while you're in the intersection seeing if you can go through it, uh, you're blocking a cyclist. Well, first I'd say yeah. uh, change is difficult. So so anytime, I mean, we, you know, it's been noted these bike lanes aren't even fully in place yet. So, so the complaints, I think, are a little bit premature. Uh, in terms of the petition, I mean, the way I understood it is some parents were saying, well, there there are uh, motorists speeding through their neighborhood on the side streets now. So I'm certainly sympathetic to parents who say that, and I'd say that's something the city has to address. And there are ways to do it by restricting people from going into those neighborhoods or from uh, uh, speeding through those neighborhoods. So we don't want to see anyone else's safety um, are prejudiced uh, for the benefit of cyclist safety. I mean, I, I think a fundamental principle, and that's what our Vision Zero plan says, that the, city, the city's road safety plan, is that uh, safety is a fundamental right in our streets. So, so I mean, and, and the whole thing about petitions, well, I mean, there's a counter petition against this petition now mm -hmm. that's already raised 400 signatures. So I don't put much stock in that. But, but I would say, I mean, if there are legitimate safety concerns for people's children, well, that's something, you know, the cycling community and I'm sure uh, the city councillors will be happy to address by uh, putting in place uh, turn restrictions and, and enforcing the speed limit, which is uh, something that's quite easy to do with uh, uh, cameras uh, strategically mounted. Mm -hmm. Councillor Davis, uh, are you, uh, is the city open to, um, you know, making changes here? Um, the, the city is certainly, I'm not open to removing it. I know that the most recent petition, one of them, um, as was pointed out, there is a counter petition, as there was um, uh, some months ago. So we get, and we get petitions about a lot of things. So right. um, I'm certainly not open to removing them, uh, but obviously we're open to looking at changes that would alleviate uh, some of the concerns that have emerged, uh, like infiltration or speeding. Those are the kinds of things that uh, that can be addressed. I should say that you know um, 
there was significant consultation. In fact, I've never seen as much consultation as there was for this bike lane. Um, we had over, I think, over 40,000 leaflets and postcards distributed in the neighborhood. We held four community meetings. Uh, there were stakeholder meetings. Uh, there was a ton of social media. It went to council twice. And there was a lot of input. And I went door to door, as did Mary Margaret McMahon, who is the councillor in the south part of the ward, to really hear from uh, the residents in the neighbourhood. And I kept my own statistics. And overall, there was a strong majority of people who supported the bike lanes. So I felt confident that there was um, significant community support. I knew that this was contributing to the overall uh, network plan for the City of Toronto. And I knew as well that um, it would grow over time with the number of people using it. So we will make changes. We've uh, hired consultants who are monitoring uh, traffic flow um, and a number of other um, changes. They're looking at, you know, travel time, uh, the amount of the volume of traffic um, that is on the road, um, so they will be looking to make uh, any potential changes that are possible um, and ensure that it is uh, operating as effectively as possible. Okay, hold on. Uh, let's uh, get to a couple of calls. We've got Bill in East York. Hello, Bill. Hi, I live two blocks from uh, Woodbine. Okay, there was zero consultation. Uh, the, the only thing that we got was a letter in the mail when it went on. And last time I talked to Janet Davis about bike lanes, she told me to go hide my head in the 905 sand. Oh, I would never have said anything like that. You're a liar, Janet. Oh, oh okay. okay, wait. We have to keep the uh, conversation uh, cordial and polite. Uh, so you felt you weren't consulted, Bill? Right? Okay. Uh, yes, callers, uh, it's fine to disagree and air your views, but, but you know, let's, let's not insult each other. Um, uh, Janet, um, are there other people you think who feel that they were not consulted? I'm sure there are. Um, you know, often people really don't pay attention to, you know, we're, we all are, have busy lives, um, to when we get notices or... Um, follow social media necessarily, but you know, there's only so much you can do to reach out, and we did a huge amount of outreach and communications with everyone in the community. So there was um, there was a public information meeting right around the corner from where that person said they they lived. So you know, there's only so much you can do. I sent out e-newsletters. My print newsletter that goes to 55,000 people twice had the bike lanes in it. Um, so there was quite a bit of information and, and outreach on the bike lanes. Okay, uh, let's go to Alex in East York. Hello, Alex. Hi, good afternoon. You know, um, I'm, I'm against this for several reasons. I live in East York on Woodbine. I certainly wasn't consulted, but... Uh, yeah, I'm sure a postcard came in the mail. Um, here's the thing, though. What what bothers me about all this, more than anything at the deep core, is your two guests' kind of cavalier attitude with the, you know, basic principles of, of democracy, like petitions and things like that, and the, the comments like, well, people will get used to it. Well, we're going to have to. I understand that because there's no political will from our political masters to do anything but this. 
But the one thing that I want to see addressed, you know, I'm at the point where I'm a monocle and a Persian cat away from becoming a villain in a James Bond movie <laughs> with cyclists. The amount of cyclists I see sailing through red lights, sailing through stop signs, mm-hmm. going past streetcars with the doors open, going through occupied crosswalks, it's the hypocrisy of that particular set that really angers me that we're catering to them with their own special lanes. Well, well, it has to be said, I see a lot of cyclists, too, who are do all the things you described, but there are also a lot of cyclists who, uh, you know, use the road responsibly, and I guess we just don't notice them because we're so annoyed by the ones who don't. Could well, I no, say actually, that I pay attention thing? because I try very hard not to be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things I'm against, and if I see something good, I will comment positively about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, the vast majority, and when you talk to them, the um, hectoring you get from them and the condescension, and they can quote you chapter and verse of the Highway Traffic Act of their rights and my responsibilities as an operator of a motor vehicle, but they seem to blank out when it comes to their responsibilities. And it's just it's very annoying that we just keep catering to this group and I don't see how this is going to be um, a case in point. Uh, Alex, why don't, why don't we let, why, just a sec, hold on, just, just let the counselor respond to what you've said. Just yes, hold if I on. could comment. Sure. Um, I drive a car, I ride a bike, I use all modes of traffic, and I always try to make sure that I obey all the rules. And I expect that everyone should be uh, doing that as well. Obviously, they don't, and it makes me very angry as a cyclist to see cyclists who uh, weave in and out of lanes, go through red lights, all of that. Um, the, the Toronto Police have undertaken blitzes over the last year to focus on uh, cyclists who are ignoring the rules, and that should continue. Yeah, and uh, I'd say, I mean, in terms of the comment that the city is catering to cyclists, Let's put it in perspective. We have a 5,600-kilometer road network, and uh, 2% of those roads, less than 2% of those roads have bike lanes. So the question is, uh, what, 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 you know, what would the caller think is fair? Is it 1%? Is it half a percent? And the second thing about in terms of conduct, well, yes, we're all um, required to obey the rules of the road, but let's also put that in context. There were 43 pedestrians that killed last year. Toronto Public Health tells us that in 67% of those cases, the motorist uh, violated the law. So there's a much more drastic uh, uh, outcome of uh, violations of the law. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we seem to uh, focus more on cyclists because they're the minority as opposed to uh, the majority of uh, motorists. And like, for, for example, I mean, how many people obey the speed limit, for example? Mm-hmm. And the reason that's important is because at 30 kilometers an hour, if that's the speed limit, a person would likely survive if they're hit by a car, almost certainly survive. But at 50 kilometers an hour, I'm sorry, if they're exceeding the speed limit, that person will likely die. So, so I think it's a question of where we focus uh, our attention. Cyclists are certainly visible and uh, have to do better, but I think we all have to do better. Okay, uh, well, let's hear uh, from uh, Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Yeah. Well, I've got a few, um, few points. First of all, I do not agree with any bicycles on any roadway, okay? But I'll get more to it than that. I agree with bicycles, but the uh, bicycle lanes are, but not on roads, because they can't yeah. go with a car. Where would they be if they're not on roads? Okay. There is a lot of, so there's hydro right-of-ways. There is lots of streets that have a, a large section of grass in between the sidewalk and the roadway. They could put them there. 
there's a hydro right away. They should have bike paths. But here's why what I'm against cyclists on the road. First of all, we're in Toronto. Toronto has winters. We're not in Los Angeles, where the cyclists are only there in the summertime. We have no place to put the snow. Now, we've, now, the other day, the mayor was on about the congestion and how can he speed up the traffic. There's a number of roads, and I can tell you right now, I live in Etobicoke, and I watch, say, Renfort, for example. It was a four-lane, two each way, cars traveling, no parking either side. Now there's bike lanes. There's only one way, each lane, one lane each way. Is there any bicycles on it? Yeah, once in a while on a weekend. Yeah. But the point is, we live in Toronto. Now, later on, when we have decent subways, maybe there won't be so, so much congestion. But, now another point. If you drive on a street with a bicycle, you should have to have a license to do so. Which you have to take in course and get a license. If you don't abide by the rules, which we talk about, they lose their license. They can go down the, the lake shore on the trails. Trails, you should not need a license. But to drive on a street where there's cars, you should have to have a license. And if they did that, these people would obey the rules. One fellow on Bay Street ran into the back of a car. It was a courier. Ran into the back of a car. The car was stopped legally making a left-hand turn. He ran right into the car and did $2,600 damage to the car. He has no insurance. He expected the car to pay for his bike and his medical attention. Okay. Is, they, they, we, if you're going to have them, have them where you're not interfering with the traffic. But now, the other thing okay, that Bob, the Bob, can do is Bob, one Bob, Okay, okay Bob. We, we have enough to think about and respond to. Yeah, I know. Thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks very much for that. Okay, uh, um, I I just I think that's probably uh, you know a bit of a non-starter because the idea is that they're bike lanes so people can go where they have to go, not a not a leisure thing. Am I am I correct, uh, Albert? Yeah, that that's right. I mean, that's definitely a 1970s view when uh, the idea was uh, let's get the cyclists off the roads and put them on trails, but. Well, that, that's fine if you happen to have a shopping center and a coffee shop and all these other things along trails, but uh, uh, that's not, not where they're located. And um, that might be fine for a recreational cyclist, and in, you know, in some cases perhaps a, a recreational trail might be useful. But, but in general, cyclists are doing the very same things that motorists are doing. In other words, they're going to work, they're going to school, they're going to visit friends, they're going to shop. So, so that's what we've learned over the years, that if we put, uh, you know, we expect a, a cyclist to be on the trails, well, it's not going to serve. You're still going to have uh, thousands of cyclists on the roads because they're doing what motorists are doing, and that's trying to get to their destination. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, we are talking about the bike lanes on Woodbine. I'm talking to Councillor Janet Davis and Albert Cole, who is an environmental lawyer and bicycle advocate. And there are a lot of you waiting to have your say. I would just ask you, please keep it brief so we can get to everybody. We've got Dave in Toronto. Hi, Dave. Hi, uh, Libby. Back again. Uh, are you there? Yes, go on. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, I have no issue with bike lanes. However, I do have an issue of uh, how much money are we spending in our taxes to provide uh, 
uh, safety lanes for bicycles who have no intention by far, who don't care about obeying the law when it comes to stop signs and or traffic lights and or anything regarding to, to uh, road safety. Uh, I noticed that there is a callous attitude towards bikes, us against them. So what I did was <clears throat> I was in the east side. I had a video camera, and I set it up on the dashboard of my camera, and I was on a stop, uh, major uh, thoroughfare through the east side, and I counted within an hour 54 bicycles. Uh, I got videotaped to prove it. 48 of them went sailing right through the stop signs. Now, I took the video evidence, and I took it to the 51 division, I said, uh, in fact, they got mad at me. They threw me out of the police station because, uh, well, you're trying to tell us to do our job and everything like that. And I said, this, I said, look, this is a phenomenon. <laughs> so my favorite story They threw here, you out of the police station. Yeah, they did, yeah. Okay, I, well, I, at I least at least it. they didn't put you in. So. Well, you know, I was quite, quite, uh, quite mad. We both yeah. had my wife. So, you know, I did it in other areas. And again, a high percentage of cyclists are going through, uh, through uh, and disobeying traffic, uh, red lights, and et cetera. So my question is, why are we providing money for their, and I love bikes, don't get me wrong, but there is an attitude of left against right, that there is a high number of percentage of bicycles who, who are not going to uh, obey the traffic uh, signals or traffic signs. They, they figure they're on two wheels. Okay. Uh, and one more thing. Okay, now, wait a minute. I'm, I'm really trying to get a lot of people in, plus a, a comment. So we're going to comment on what you just told us. Thank you very much, Dave, for your call. Uh, Councillor Davis, again, I mean... Well, uh, I mean, you could just reverse that. How many cyclists are paying for road infrastructure uh, that they never use? I mean, really, if you look at the total transportation budget and how much is dedicated to maintaining roads as... Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Who's on with it, me? It, 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 Dr. Albert. Albert. Yes. Uh, pointed out how much is going to cycling infrastructure. It's a small percentage. So uh, all the cyclists who don't drive cars are paying significantly in their property taxes for roads uh, to accommodate uh, cars. So I, I, I don't think it's really helpful, though, As and I agree with the caller. We don't want to get into a them uh, versus us, us versus them kind of debate. And what Albert, we're trying so to do what we're trying to do is make the streets safe for everyone, whether you're driving a car, walking, or using a bicycle, just like many other large North American uh, cities have done. We have fallen far behind other cities uh, in Europe and in North America in accommodating uh, cyclists. And Albert, uh, what can we do to stop this us against them? Because it certainly exists. Um, well, I think the way it stands now is because the majority of uh, people are still the motorists. We, we hear this a lot, but uh, I mean, we can spend all of our time. It, it's a futile discussion mm -hmm. uh, having one about uh, you know who disobeys the rules of the road more. But uh, we're always drawn into these discussions when we talk about infrastructure. So, so, and it seems to me this discussion often. We, we have it because it's, it's almost like saying, well, if the cyclists don't obey the rules of the road, then they shouldn't have any infrastructure. In other words, they should, the injuries that some cyclists uh, suffer are, are payback for what other cyclists do. I mean, we don't want to live in a world like, like that. And so, so I think these are the futile discussions when we're really talking about infrastructure. And the one thing infrastructure does do is it sort of creates these uh, very visible barriers between motorists and cyclists. And you'll see that 
on bike lanes. I mean, I, I watched uh, for an hour today on, on the Bloor bike lane. I mean, you see much improved uh, behavior because you do have uh, um, cycling infrastructure. Motorists know what, what they have to do and cyclists do. And there's a greater respect for, for cyclists. When the community shows greater respect by building infrastructure, then I think they'll get paid back in terms of better conduct as well. Okay, let's go to uh, Mary uh, in the beaches. Hi, Mary. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Please go ahead. Okay, I'm calling about the uh, Woodbine um, between Kingston Road and uh, and Gerard. Um, my, I have so many things to say, and I and I. We have to be brief, though. I'm going to try. Um, at any rate, I had a little girl I wanted to drop off on Woodbine, who lives on Woodbine. Uh, I traveled up, and I realized I cannot stop at her house. So I moved a little further up, and 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 also there was um, a traffic person delivering a ticket to a lady. Had, who had parked in, in the lane who wasn't aware that she wasn't supposed to be there. But anyway, I went past the home I was trying to deliver little girl in, made a right at Corley, and that was a, a wrong way on a one-way street. <clears throat> so I couldn't drop her there. Continued up to the next street, made uh, a right there, came around the block, back along Corley to come out, and there was absolutely no place for me to drop this little girl off. Also, for the people who live on Woodbine, the parents can no longer carpool because they can't park in front of the homes there. Um, that's a very that's a that's a that's a very interesting point. We're running out of time, so I I am going to let the councillor respond to that, please, very briefly, so we don't uh, go over time. Okay, Mary, thanks for that question. Can I say one more thing? Uh, I, why don't we just let the councillor respond? Because I'm literally running out of time here. Okay, I, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. I mean, there- I think there obviously are going to have to be changes the, about uh, in the way that people use the street. Um, the west side of the road um, does allow parking, and or, or sorry, the the entire east side of the road allows for parking. Um, so there are places and ways that pick up and drop off can be done. I mean, I think people will just have to adjust to it, um, and. Uh, I know that there are um, the traffic engineers are looking at any changes that might help with this, but the parking and the pickup and drop off um, is going to be best done on the west side, on the east side of the street. Okay, Albert. Um, as I said, we are running out of time. What would you like to leave us with, please? Uh, simply this: that uh, we all have a right to be safe on the roads, whether we're pedestrians or cyclists. We know the heavy toll. Uh, that uh, that uh, pedestrians and cyclists, for example, have suffered on our road on our roads. Um, so it really isn't for one a group of citizens to decide that another group uh, doesn't have a right to, to be safe. So, so I think once we get past that um, stage of saying, well, should we uh, make the road safe for cyclists, then we can move to this question of how do we make the road safe for all road users, and that's really where we should be. Okay, thank you to you both. Appreciate it. Thank you, Olivia. You're very welcome. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.